We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here for your Week 10 edition. I am Britt Devine here with Daniel Kelly from PFF. Uh, we call him the lead fantasy editor over there. If it gets written, if it's not from Daniel himself, he has his eyes on it before it goes up on PFF. Daniel, we're over done the season, right? What do we got? Week 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. On my fingers, we got eight weeks left. Nine are in the books. I'm going to shed a tear for the NFL regular season officially more than half over now. It is. It has been crazy. I feel like it's week three, but I also feel like it's week 13. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, they, Hey, they work you guys over at PFF like no other down there. So I'll tell you what, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> um, a couple of things before we get into uh, Daniel's article that we always try to take a look back at the week before I got a couple of big things going on here at Roto Grinders. I need to tell you guys about, uh, the first one is our promotion we have going on with Yahoo. They have recently uh, made CSVs uploadable into their site, right? So it's easy to play 150 entries or max enter and all that type of fun stuff like it is on FanDuel and DraftKings. What we've done to sort of celebrate that is, one, our team behind the scenes, they work real hard. Guess what you can do now? You can now upload CSVs via Yahoo uh, in our own lineup HQ. So we're going to have a free roll on Friday for NBA, a big free roll. You're going to be able to max enter it, uh, and you can mess around in NBA for that. On Sunday, we're going to have a big free roll, and we're going to do one for football too. So whether it's NBA, whether it's football, or both, you guys will be able to uh, participate that uh, participate in that in Lineup HQ. But here's the other kicker, right? Some of you might not be Roto-Grinders premium members. You don't have access to Lineup HQ. Britt, how? Are we going to participate in these free rolls? Well, we're going to make Lineup HQ free to you for Friday through Sunday. So you will be able to participate in the Yahoo free roll, in the Yahoo free roll on Sunday as well. So make sure to check that out. It's a pretty big promotion. Uh, we don't give Lineup HQ away for free too often. It's one of the uh, the better, uh, you know, the, the better behind the, the paywall type of stuff here at Roto-Grinders. So be able to get your hands on it, test it out. If you like it, you'll be able to MME, you know, basically for all the sites anywhere with Roto-Grinders Premium, uh, so make sure to check that out. Uh, Daniel, with that out of the way, I've got your article queued up here. Uh, always like to look back. I always mention it, you know, my Millionaire Maker articles. It's up live on the site if you want to read about the trends. Looking back at what's happened over the year or last week, 
and applying it to future DFS lineups or future fantasy advice is always something helpful. So we've got a couple of guys we wanted to take a look at. Uh, and let's start with Zach Pascal, the, the new number one wide receiver in Indianapolis, right? We got Hilton out. Uh, Paris Campbell's out too. Uh, it's Zach Pascal season, dude. It is. It kind of came out of nowhere, but he's now played two games this season without T.Y. Hilton, four games, or however many games, whatever, uh, six games with him. Uh, And in the two games he's been without Hilton, he's averaged six targets a game. In the games with him, it's only two targets. His yardage goes from 28.8 without Hilton up to 74 with Hilton. He's the number one receiver without him. We don't know if Jacoby Reset's going to play. We don't know if Brian Hoare is going to play. He produced with both guys. So as far as I'm concerned, you can, you mean, Pascal's not going to got the ceiling Hilton has, but he's right in there and the guys we're going to be considering this week. Yeah, going up against the Dolphins, too. I wish his price was just a little bit lower. The You know, at least DraftKings did a reasonable job of pumping up his price. But uh, I still think he's in play in that mid-tier, specifically in tournaments. Uh, the other guy we want to talk about is, you know, Josh Jacobs is turning out, right? We're going to be taking him in the first round of, you know, season-long fantasy drafts next year. He's looking really good in this Oakland offense. The Oakland, as a team itself, is actually playing pretty well, too. What, did, what can we take away from his performance last week uh, and look ahead into the future well, his profile as a pro has been nothing like what we thought it was going to be coming into the, season, the league. We thought he was going to be a big-time pass-catching back. You know, he'd have the running game, of course, but he's, he, part of his appeal was all this uh, receiving he was going to do. And instead, he's been Sony Michelle out there. He's been Derrick Henry. He, uh, he has and, uh, carries per snap played. He's over 50%. He's one of only four backs over 50% with at least 200 snaps played. The other ones are Sony Michelle, Derrick Henry, and Adrian Peterson. So he is just a ball carrier at this point in his career. He's not getting that receiving. And for fantasy, we don't have to care. It, you, you'd like it if he was getting the Christian McCaffrey-type workload, but he's carrying the ball so much and getting so much of a workload that even that bit of detraction against him doesn't really matter. We're still loving all the usage putting out. Uh, so, yeah, Josh Jacobs, uh, dude's having himself a good season. Keep your eye on him. Uh, maybe even on, on Thursday here. So let's transition into the Thursday slate here, right? We got the uh, we got the Chargers, we got the Raiders on the Thursday showdown slate. What are some takeaways that we can, uh, you know, maybe give the people a, a couple of quick hints for the showdown one? Well, we the the Chargers started the season rough on defense, and everybody kind of worked them off with Derwin James being out and all that. But actually, since week three, that defense has been lights out. Uh, no, only one quarterback has topped thirteen fantasy points against them since week three. They have only allowed touchdowns to tight ends in one game. Now that was week three against Texans when they allowed three touchdowns, so it wasn't like it was nothing. But that's the only time they've allowed any touchdowns in position all year. So while we've enjoyed Derek Carr and Darren Waller a lot lately, both of them worry me a little this week. Uh, I like the uh, the Chargers passing game. Maybe not Phillip Rivers, but the the wide receivers, tight ends. You pull up the gridiron IQ, the Oakland defense, right? It is all green in, in the passing, uh, you know, portion against their defense. So if you had to take a passing option, right? We got Keenan Allen. Uh, we saw Hunter Henry lead the lead or lead the team in target share last week pretty heavily. Um, which one of these receivers would you be more apt to use? Maybe I'm just a sucker, but I, I just don't understand how Keenan Allen's not producing more. And I, I'm betting he gets back on track this week. So I, I, I'm kind of all in on Keenan Allen this week. He's, he's done this for years, right? He'll have like a three to four game stretch where he goes nuclear and then you, you're pissed, you know, it doesn't continue. Well, he he teased us the first couple weeks of the season. Absolutely. And, and now we've sort of been chasing it. And it just really hasn't worked out. But uh, you know, he's the fourth highest priced player on the DraftKings slate. Uh, you know, I, I think he's pretty viable. Uh, I like Hunter Henry. If I had to take a tight end in this game, too, I think it's pretty easily Hunter Henry over Darren Waller. Would you agree with me on that? 100%. Yeah, I like that one. Of course, you got Mike Williams, uh, Air Yards King over there. 
Uh, he, he can certainly write all the touchdowns last year, none of the touchdowns this year. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's pretty strange how that works, but it, it'll eventually don't, tra- don't chase touchdowns. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, uh, I don't know if he looked good, but he got a couple of touchdowns. Uh, I think that was more the the opponent than uh, anything else. We'll see. You don't really run on Oakland too easily. They're, they're better taken care of through the air, but uh, a couple of quick showdown thoughts for you guys. Uh, let's move to bets and Daniel, right? So, you know, I always look real happy when I do good on my bets. I went 0-2 last week, I think for the first time all season. And I, I'm pissed about it because I, I lost my real uh, American dollars on those bets too. Uh, I got a, I'll, got a couple for you this week. My first one, uh, I'm going to pull it up on green line. Uh, I, I just don't understand. I, I know the Bears are at home and home field advantage is worth something, but you have probably, in my opinion, the, the worst quarterback in the National Football League right now and Mitchell Trubisky going up against probably one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now and Matthew Stafford with a variety of weapons that are capable of producing damage. I know the passing game can be a little bit tough against Chicago, but I think Stafford has the ability uh, and the targets to be able to get it done. And I, I just don't see how this offensive Chicago is going to be functional. M- Mitchell Trubisky is just missing people short, deep, left, right, high, low. Um, if you watch, you know, a couple of the mixtapes that are out there on Mitchell Trubisky's uh, <laughs> passes out there, they, I mean, it looks really bad. Uh, I'm doing this just simply based off the quarterback. I'm getting a couple points too. Uh, give me the Lions. Green line here has them uh, at plus two. It was plus two and a half earlier. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite bets of the week. So uh, Lions plus two and a half for me. Uh, what do you got for me on, on Green line? Well, you picked what you think is the worst uh, quarterback in the league right now, and I mm-hmm. picked somebody who might even be worse. All right, because I'm taking I'm taking the Ravens to cover ten points against the Bengals. Ryan Finley's taken over as the quarterback. He was a fourth round pick. wasn't expected to really play this year or maybe ever. He was just a guy who was there to groom up. We'll see. But Dalton's been so bad they kind of had to throw him out there. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's even worse than we've seen from Trubisky. And since adding Marcus Peters. The Ravens' defense has been lights out. They've, they were great against Seattle, and they're great against New England. Those are two tough teams to be great defense against, and they have been incredible. So I, I, just, I, don't, I don't think they could have made the line high enough for me this week. I think Baltimore just goes to town. All right. I can, I can get behind that. I like that one. The other one for me is going to be the Rams. I think this is another one. I'm taking a really good team in the Rams uh, against the Steelers, who I just, uh, you know, I don't think their quarterback is any good. And, you know, they got a couple of injuries. So I know the Rams have some road struggles. We've talked about that a lot on, on the show this year, how Jared Goff will sometimes struggle. But I just think the Rams are a, a really good football team. Uh, I like them to go into Pittsburgh and, and handle them pretty easily. I know they're without Brandon Cooks, but it doesn't matter. They've got three different running backs they can choose from. There's enough targets out there. Gerald Everett, we'll, we'll talk about his viability later. I know Josh Reynolds stepping in there is good to you. You got that pretty good defense. You got Ramsey on the outside, probably taking away Juju. Uh, I don't really see uh, how the Steelers really put up too many points or or move the ball uh, effectively against the Rams. So I'm going to take them, uh, what is that, plus three and a half right now, or minus three and a half, actually. Uh, I think they win this game by by probably more than a touchdown. So so the Rams are a pick of mine. Green line gives me, they're on my side just a little bit too. Green line, again, never really gets too far off, um, but that would be my second bet. Uh, what's the other one for you? Tampa Bay minus four against Arizona. And I know I'm putting a little bit of stock in the Tampa Bay defense, which is always terrifying, but Arizona strength is the running game. They've had three different running backs put up monster games in the last four weeks. Well, we know Tampa Bay actually has a good run defense. So you've got to throw on them to have success. 
I don't think Arizona's going to get shut down by any means. But Kyler Murray's still a rookie. He's had his ups and downs. I just It's hard for me to see the way Arizona can keep up with Tampa Bay in this game. Yeah, um, I, I like Arizona. This is a good DFS game, I think, in my opinion. We'll Absolutely. talk about we'll talk about this uh, down the road. But Greenline definitely agrees with you. I mean, you rarely see Greenline get close to a point uh, difference in in the line, and Greenline is definitely on your side. So if you want to put any stock into that, you got that going for you as well. Uh, so let's transition into some positions here, and let's just kick it off with this game because you mentioned you like the Buccaneers to win. Your first quarterback of the week is Jameis Winston. Going to be chucking all day against the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to be putting up points too. Fantasy fireworks in here. Um, you don't have to sell me on Winston, but let's talk it out. Oh, yeah. He's, he's put up 20-plus points in five of his last six games. His first two weeks were so bad, kind of colored everybody's opinion. As a real quarterback, he's got all his bad marks. But the fantasy points are there, and that's all we care about for this. Meanwhile, Patrick Peterson's been back for three weeks, and he has not been his old self. He's a- allowing a 131.4 passer rating into his coverage. So Mike Evans should be fine. If he's not, if, if Peterson can shut down Evans, well, there's still Chris Godwin. So I think either way, this, it's going to be real easy for uh, Jameis to accumulate points in this one. Yeah, we've seen the emergence of Ronald Jones, too. I think they're finally starting to get the backfield correct. we got O.J. Howard coming back. We'll see if that actually works out, uh, <laughs> if the flow chart tight ends happens to work out for him. But O.J. has burned me too many times. I'm out. Yeah, I like the Buccaneers offense this week. I think they're going to be pretty popular. I'm, I'm still going to take Evans over Godwin um, without question. You know, you just mentioned Patrick Peterson. And, and Evans is just, I mean, he's just a, a man among boys out there in terms of air yards and fantasy potential. And Jameis Winston doesn't care who's on you. He's just going to chuck the ball and, you know, Mike Evans is going to go and get it. So uh, I, I like Winston quite a bit. Uh, the other guy I, I think that has a, you know, he's high priced, but has a really good chance for success is going to be Lamar Jackson. You look at anything Cincinnati does, it's just really hard to see Lamar Jackson failing this week. He ran for, what was that, the third highest rushing yards for a quarterback in NFL history against them earlier in the season. He didn't even have Marquise Brown in that matchup either, too, so maybe that's why he ran, but he's going to have Marquise Brown available for this one. Uh, You look up the rush degrades on Pro Football Focus, Cincinnati ranks 29th in that. They're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks on the year. And I just, unless Mark Ingram gets two rushing touchdowns and the Gus Bus goes in for one, too, um, it's really hard to see, right? You mentioned in the bets that you like Baltimore. It's really hard to see them not putting up, what, a minimum of 24 points, likely 30-plus in my opinion. Uh, so unless all those running backs vulture all the touchdowns, you got to envision Lamar running for 60 to 100 yards, maybe getting a touchdown on the ground, throwing for 200, touchdown or two there. You combine all that together. It's a really good fantasy day. Um, he's expensive. You can make it work, right? Him and Breeze and and Winston, and we're going to have Mahomes. You can get up to those if you use some of the cheaper receivers on DraftKings this week. Um, so, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson, seventy three hundred is it's a tough price to pay for a quarterback, but I think it's one that should be well worth it this week. Uh, you got, got any thoughts on on Lamar? Well, you keep saying uh, if the running back's vulture, and I'm terrified that happens. That's why I'm not quite as in on him. Mm-hmm. Everything you said is right, and there's no there's no specific reason why he wouldn't, except that those running backs could take all the points in this game. Yeah, it could happen, but I don't know. It just uh, Lamar seems to always get his right now. He's he's basically uh, in a in a class of his own. Uh, you know, we got Mahomes back, so we can talk about that a little bit. Uh, but let's get some value in here right let's talk Ryan Tannehill because I think Mahomes is going to be back this week and if he's going to be back 
go look at the road splits of the Chiefs. Last year, they were doing it this year, too, with Mahomes. They put up points like nobody's business when they go on the road. They throw the ball. They have Patrick Mahomes. He's got a really healthy offense in, in this game, too. So if I see him back, I'm seeing them being able to put up points, which in turn should allow Ryan Tannehill to put up some fantasy points as well. Yeah, it's been real sneaky, but he's a top five fantasy quarterback in the three weeks he's been a starter. And I don't think anybody would have called that. He's top eight in attempts, completions, yards, touchdowns, PFF grade. There's, he's actually been a genuinely good quarterback these three weeks. I don't know if that's going to continue. He's still Ryan Tannehill. But if you add in what he's doing there with the Mahomes being back and just forcing him to throw the ball, there's a lot of fantasy potential out of him. Uh, yeah, you get away from uh, Adam Gase. It wasn't Adam Gase like the quarterback whisperer at some point? And he, you, you get away from you, him and you turn into an actual good quarterback. Having Peyton Manning as your quarterback can do a lot of things for a coach. Yeah, that that is the, the sentence for sure that uh, sums up Adam Gase's career as well. Uh, I want to talk Kyler Murray. You like Jameis Winston. I think, you know, if I had to, you know, what is this? It's $300 on DraftKings. Is it? Does that get you Christian McCaffrey? $300 doesn't get you a $10,500 running back. But $300 is $300. And I think Murray's floor is about as safe as you can get this week. Tampa Bay, they've allowed the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, You look at the pass rush grades on PFF, they rank 21st as a team. They're 29th in pass coverage grades. So what that tells me is the little dink and dunk throws that the Cardinals have been doing sort of against the good teams they faced recently – Maybe it can go back to those couple of weeks where they were throwing a little bit more downfield. And that's sort of what I'm expecting to Kyler with Kyler Murray, along with some of the rushing upside he's shown in recent weeks. Uh, and if you're looking for fantasy potential, the Bucks no, first in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. This doesn't matter too much. Second allowed to tight ends. All that means is you throw the ball against the Buccaneers, you're going to get some points scored by your receivers as well. They're 26 in DVOA versus the pass. You like Winston. I like Murray. This game's going to have a big total. Maybe I can add another bet in here. Give me the over in this game too, Daniel. Absolutely. It's hard to see anybody stopping anybody in this game. I still want Winston over Murray. I don't think that $300 is going to make the difference for me, but I don't think either one's going to be a bad play. All right. Let's duke it out here on Patrick Mahomes. Do you, th- you know, he practiced in full today. We're recording this Wednesday night. I think he's probably going to play this week, right? So certainly sounds that way. Yeah. So what are we doing with him? Because when you get Patrick Mahomes, who, on the road has just been absolutely lights out in his, you know, short NFL career, the Tennessee defense. It's not uh, an amazing matchup. It's not a bad matchup. And I don't even know if it really matters because he's got a healthy team, right? You got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, no injury designations on them. You got Damian Williams running really fast up the middle for huge gains to maybe make teams play the run a little bit here. Uh, I think Mahomes comes out and, and, pretty much just lights up Tennessee. And I think you have a little bit of an opposite. view. It's not analytic. It's just, I don't like using a guy in his first game back from injury when I feel like he's been hurried back. And I don't, I, mean, I don't think Mahomes was super hurried, but I think in an ideal world, he'd have taken a few extra weeks and it scares me a little. He's at 7,000, it's $200 more than Winston. Give me Winston. He's $300 less than Jackson. Give me Jackson. I just don't like spending that much money on a guy who I'm not absolutely positive is totally healthy. You get, Perhaps, you know, at least it was last year, the the absolute nut fantasy quarterback, and you get him at low ownership because, like you said, everyone's going to want to pay up for Jackson and everyone's going to want to pay down for Winston and Kyler Murray. That sounds interesting to me in, in some of the larger field tournaments you'll see out there. Uh, so give me some Patrick Mahomes in tournaments. I like him quite a bit this week. Uh, 
let's move on to some running backs and uh, I guess we can have a discussion here with Christian McCaffrey and maybe you can go find go find Scott's tweet right let's talk up Scott's tweet I, I was looking for it I couldn't find it I don't All know right. where it is well let's hold, I, I doubt he deleted it but McCaffrey is 10-5 this week and You've got Saquon Barkley, who's 8,800. You got Kamara. I'm a little worried on Kamara at 8,200. I don't know if his full workload's there uh, anymore. And the pass catching thing against Atlanta is all, you know, it's poof. It's up in smoke this year. It's not really working out too well. Um, McCaffrey, 10-5. He's basically uh, a fantasy enigma we haven't really seen in in NFL DFS since it's basically been invented in the mainstream over the past couple of years. What are we doing with him this week? Um, I've looked at some projection systems. They're not really jamming him in anymore because some of them, I, I think, are giving a little bit too much credit to Kamara and Saquon. And then, like, the the mid-tier has a couple of pretty strong plays, too, that I'm going to bring up. Uh, I like them. I'm, I'm going to try to get him in cash. The matchup is nuts, right? Uh, if Melvin Gordon gets two touchdowns against Green Bay, I mean, what do you think Christian McCaffrey is going to do against him? Well, First off, I did find Scott's tweet. Hooray right. for me. Um, he says, even at 10,500, by uh, DraftKings fantasy points per game versus their salary for this week, McCaffrey is still the highest value on the slate, even at 10.5. 3, 3.1x 3. value all season long. So we say that, you know, the, the, elite quarter, the elite running backs are Saquon Barkley, maybe great, but then Alvin Kamara, you just listed his problems. Aaron Jones, a little lower. Latavius Murray, if Kamara's back, no point at all. So if you're going for an elite running back, you have no choice but to go for McCaffrey. He's been worth this salary all year long. There's there's so few t- so it's so rare you can get somebody at this level that yeah, you gotta jam in, you gotta find a way to make it work, but it's going to work out for you ninety nine times out of a hundred. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get him on my cash. I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna try to get Christian McCaffrey on my cash teams and DFS this week. Yeah. Uh, so we got that out of the way. I want to talk a couple of the value plays out here, and I, I think you've signif- signaled one here. And David Montgomery, there's a couple uh, in this tier down here. He's 5,300 uh, going up against Detroit, and. You know, he had the two touchdowns last week against Philadelphia, only 40 yards. But, I mean, I'm not really holding that against you because Philadelphia doesn't really allow anybody to run against them. The The thing with Montgomery is, are you going to let Mitchell Trubisky throw the football or are you going to let David Montgomery run the football? And I, I think it's you got to let David Montgomery run the football at this point. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, Trubisky can't not throw the ball, but man, any chance you get to, to keep him from it, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Montgomery had his best two games fantasy-wise the last two weeks. Fine, that's great. Even more important, he's played his most two snaps the last two weeks. The last, the last two games are the only times all season he's topped a 70% offensive snap share. That's really helpful. His grade went from 53.4 before that, uh, rush grade, up to 79.6 the last two weeks. He was averaging barely two yards after the after contact per carry before that. Last two weeks, it's almost two and a half yards. The Lions have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs so far. I just, there's, I, I'm not sure if Montgomery's ever going to, this season, produce the value that people had when they were drafting him for their season-long leagues. Mm-hmm. But for DFS, I'm riding this wave right now. Yeah, I think this week is a good good week to put him in there. At 5,300, he, he fits a lot of lineups. If you play him, um, one of my value running backs, I'll talk about him now, is going to be Devin Singletary. It seems like Frank Gore, he's given him the torch, and Devin Singletary has accepted the role as the workhorse running back for the Buffalo Bills right now. So he played uh, 69% or more of the snaps in each of the past two weeks, so a nice number right there. Gotten 10 targets the past two weeks. 
lots of explosive plays. And you think about Cleveland, right? They've allowed the seventh most, most rushing yards, the eighth most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, if you pull up the, uh, the pro football focus O-line, D-line matchup chart, Buffalo's got a pretty solid advantage in there too. The Browns rank 30th in PFF and rush defense grade. What it, like? I can't find a reason to not want to play Devin Singletary this week. I, I love him. I've been I was hyping him for weeks before he was out and thinking, oh, this is going to be the week. This is going to be the week. But now he's back. He's taking over that job. I'm all in on Singletary. Yeah, he's 5K. So right, like you play Singletary and Montgomery, and you play CMC. You can fill out a pretty good team. This yeah. Week. So I think. I think that's going to be one of the keys. You'll you'll skip over Barkley and Kamara. Um, you'll skip over. I, I guess I'll talk about Marlon Mack. Now I like Marlon Mack. I think in theory, what I don't like is the seven thousand dollar price tag on Marlon Mack for for the non PPR type uh, running backs. That's a, gets a little too high priced, but the, you know it's the nut matchup for him. And you got to think this is a twenty five carry Marlon Mack game uh, if the game script goes according to plan. Miami twenty fifth in rush D grade. Uh, over on P- PFF, they're allowing the fourth most fantasy points to running this year, the league's highest rush percentage, and the third highest expected points added on run plays this year. I mean, everything in this game points to Marlon, but there's no T.Y. Hilton. Maybe Jacoby Brissett isn't healthy, right? Every single arrow is pointing towards a Marlon Mack game. But if you're only going to catch like two passes and it's not a Marlon Mack game, things can go downhill really fast. So, uh, at 7K, I think it's probably a little bit too much. I think that's why I prefer the the Christian McCaffrey paired with like the David Montgomery, the Devin Singletary's. Um, you know, I could play Derrick Henry instead of Marlon Mack, and I think get a pretty similar result, save a couple of bucks there. I think that's just where I'm spending on running back today. So I like Marlon Mack. We've got him projected to be really highly owned. Um, if he's going to be the highest owned running back, I think it's probably going to come down as the week continues. That is uh, one of the clearer fades for me in DFS this week. I can see all those arguments. He is he's at the bottom of a pricing tier because right after him, Le'Veon Bell's a hundred dollars cheaper, and then there's a big jump down to Derrick Henry. I see all that. I still think he's going to. I mean, he's definitely going to produce in this game. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks great. Grade. It's great. So, it's just the price tag. It, you're not going to be able to differentiate yourself. I get that. I get all that. I still, I'm going to have a taste of him. I probably won't be overweight on him by any means, but I don't think you can go into the week without having some shares. All right, let's talk about Kamara because we're both a little down on him this week. Uh, when he was playing with Bridgewater, uh, we saw him play like 80 plus percent of the snaps because they had to play their best players to give Bridgewater a chance, right? And they had to just feed the ball to Michael Thomas and feed the ball to Alvin Kamara in an attempt to let their playmakers do something to move the offense. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater was the key to the Saints winning. I think he just sort of was there. He did a good enough job. And the uh, you know the guys surrounding him sort of made the Saints win over the past couple of games. We saw Latavius Murray have some really good games with Alvin Kamara. Oh, I'm worried this is like a, you know, a, two-thirds, one-third at best, maybe like a 60-40. And I know Kamara, when he's out there, he's going to get his, and he'll get his receptions. But I don't know. I don't think I like – if I'm going to pay that type of – if I'm going to pay 8200 for a guy playing 66% of the snaps at what I think is maybe a best-case scenario, I'm just going to find some extra coin to play Christian McCaffrey, who I know is never coming off the field. So I'm a little worried on Kamara. you got a couple other stats too. So um, tell the people about it. 
Yeah, let's the the thing about the Atlanta's pass uh, vulnerability to pass catching running backs. They allowed the most receptions to running backs in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. Yeah. They have the second fewest allowed this year. Now it's not they've gotten better; it's that it's so much easier to throw them to their wide receivers because their defense is so bad. But whatever, it works for our purposes. Now I, I'm not with you on the uh, timeshare Kamara Murray going forward. But in his first game back, I can totally see that being the case. It's the same thing with Mahomes. I don't like guys in their first game back. Maybe it makes me a fish. I totally get that. Mm -hmm. But I I just – I don't want to touch him right now. Yeah, another guy, timeshare. You know, Chubb was great for a while playing all these snaps. And then, uh, what is it, Hillard was was taking some snaps. Now we got Kareem Hunt coming back. Uh, The Bill – you you know, if Adrian Peterson is running all over the place on the Bills, I mean, you got to think Nick Chubb would be able to, but – uh, I don't know. If you're not playing a lot of snaps this week, I don't know if I'm going to be spending $7,000 on Nick Chubb. Yeah, you want a guy who's going to have a huge snap share. That's why I keep saying these other guys. And Chubb, I, Kareem Hunt is not going to take his job. Kareem Hunt is an excellent running back, but Nick Chubb is the starter here. But he's going to have more work than Dontrell Hilliard and Dearness Johnson did. And any work he takes away from Chubb is just lowering Chubb's ceiling. So I, I still think Chubb is fine. I think if you have him in your seasonal league, you're running him out there. I want no taste of him in DFS. Um, uh, the other running back I wanted to talk about is someone I like who's he is definitely the tournament swerve off the Marlon Mack ownership is going to be Derrick Henry to me because uh, Kansas City's just been getting run all over left and right. Uh, Henry's not a cash play for me if he's going to remain lowish owned. Uh, the matchup's pretty juicy. The lowest graded run D in pro football focus this year, Kansas City. Uh, they're along the second most rushing yards as well. What does Derrick Henry do? He runs the football. So that sort of all matches up for him. They're along the second highest rushing success rate and the second highest expected points added on run plays this year. If you pull up in gridiron IQ, uh, Henry, he's got a big day waiting to happen. The, you know, as long as the game doesn't get completely away from him, like 28 to seven or something like that, the Titans are just going to do what they're going to do. I think this is a 20 plus touch game for Derrick Henry. I like a lot of offensive fireworks in this game. So if you were looking at Marlon Mack and you see the high ownership and you're a little scared, um, you can save some money, move to Derrick Henry, and I think Henry's got just as good of a matchup. And I don't know, they might even score more points than the, the Colts this week too because uh, I, I think that game's going to be uh, – you know, if you want, want an over, go hit the over on that game before Mahomes is officially announced as the starter. Uh, anything else at running back you want to talk about, Daniel? No, I think we covered that. All right, let's uh, let's go to Scott's article, Expected Fantasy Points. We always like to bring this up here, and let, let's try to settle the debate here. If, if you, I saw, uh, I th- think it was Dean from Roto-Grinders. He was like, if you had Biff Almanac and knew which one of Mike Evans or Chris Godwin was going to have the big game every week, you would be a rich man. So, <laughs> so which one of these is going to be the guy this week? Is there any way to tell? Uh, to me, I think it's starting to be Evans. He's the alpha. Godwin is... He'd be an alpha on most teams, but Evans is just, he's out there getting all the air yards and Jameis Winston, he doesn't care. He's just going to chuck the ball to to Mike Evans because I I think Mike Evans is making uh, Winston uh, a a much better quarterback than Winston actually is. He's done that his whole career. Yeah. Um, Well, for those not familiar with Scott's methodology here, he takes every play of every game last 10 years and figures out what it's worth. You know, uh, a throw this deep from this part of the field, all that stuff. And he comes up with an expected point total for each game. So Mike Evans, the last three weeks, has finished top three among wide receivers and expected points all three times. He has been a monster lately. Now, it was Godwin early in the season. I don't think Godwin's going to vanish by any means. But it is – Clear cut in this offense right now, Mike Evans is the number one. That said, 
the Patrick Peterson influence has me thinking just a little Godwin this week. So if we're talking just this week, I have Godwin just a little higher. But overall, I think Evans is the guy you want. Um, give me, give me, give me Evans this week, and I think moving forward, I think Godwin's pretty good, but Evans is the clear. I think he's pretty the the clear lead dog in that offense. Uh, the other guy we wanted to talk about is Tyler Lockett, who is just if you could pick out one of the best quarterback to wide receiver. I don't know what it is. It, it Maybe Russell Wilson's just this good, but the connection these two dudes have on the field, throwing the football, running routes, and just knowing everything. You know, Russell Wilson knows where Tyler Lockett's going to be, it seems like, at all the time. I, I, maybe it's just Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in the league. But um, how good has really Tyler Lockett been? In, in week nine, he had 34.1 expected fantasy points. Per Scott's information, that is the most any player's had in any game since week three of last year. So he got this insane usage. Now, the problem is he doesn't always get this insane usage. Scott had this whole Twitter thread the other day about how Tyler Lockett is 100-something in double-digit target games since he's entered the league, and guys who you who are not in the league anymore got – Cameron Meredith has more. You know. So <laughs> we, we love Tyler Lockett for what he does. We would like to see him get more work, but if week nine was the new normal, he's going to be a monster going forward. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all game script, right? They got down a little bit in that game, and they had to throw. And what do you know? You let Russell Wilson throw the ball, they score a bunch of points. They should just do it all the time, but that's not what Pete Carroll wants to do, right? Uh, very conservative coaching. Uh, I, I think Andy Reid has it right. You have the best weapon in football in Patrick Mahomes. You let Patrick Mahomes throw the football. He understands that. I think Pete Carroll's uh, a little old in his thinking, but uh, Tyler Lockett still has that ceiling, obviously has just an absolute massive ceiling. So. Yeah. If they if they threw to it more often like we'd like them to, his passive rating when targeted would go down. It's just how that sort of thing works. But we don't care about the efficiency if the numbers rise. So the, the raw totals would be great if we could see it happen. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to some wide receiver chatter here. We've got, uh, you know, Mike Michael Thomas is the, the main guy. And you can actually get him with Christian McCaffrey if you want, you know, pretty easily. Use a couple of those 5K running backs. You mix in some 4K receivers. You're, you're on your way to Michael Thomas at home. Drew Brees in a dome against Atlanta. You mentioned passing the running backs to Atlanta isn't working as good. Why? Because you can just throw the ball down the field wherever you want. I'm envisioning Michael Thomas have a big game. Now, he is really expensive. The sites have priced him up. Um, I normally don't like spending up that much on receiver, um, but he, he, he's been ultra consistent. Uh, and I, I think if you pay for Michael Thomas, like these targets, 11, 11, 12, 13, 9, 7, 13, 13, doesn't have less than 16 fantasy points in any game this year. Uh, he's not going to be the reason you lose this week. Yeah. He's, he's the absolute cash game cheat code. Tournaments, sometimes the ceiling's a little lower, so you want to try off a little bit, but it's it's never a bad time to use Michael Thomas. Yeah, if you need to save a couple of bucks, you wanted to highlight Devontae Adams, who, after getting 11 targets last week at $7,100, um, got a price reduction to $6,900. So a nice yeah. move there. Nice move by DraftKings, giving us a $200 discount. Uh, you know, he, he reestablished himself as the alpha wide receiver. They went away from passing to the running backs and got their number one target um, back involved here. A reasonably tough matchup against Carolina, uh, but but the price tag, you know, I, I don't want to keep saying it, but it's a nice price on Devontae Adams. 
Yeah, the 41 yards last week was disappointing, and that's going to color some of the public opinion of him. But 11 targets, nobody else has even more than six. No other wide receiver had more than four. He's definitely going to have the, the, the lion's share of the targets there, and that's going to turn into points eventually. If it happens this week, if it doesn't, whatever. It's the right investment. And you say Carolina is a, a reasonably tough matchup. They still allow the eighth most points to wide receivers. It's, it, it's not a great matchup, but it's not one that I'm scared of. It's not one that I'm shying away from just because. All right. Uh, you got some good uh, – these are off a little off the board, I think, value plays for people, but I like them. So let's talk about uh, – all right, people, you ready? Russell Gage. Who, who is Russell Gage, Daniel Kelly? He, he was a sixth rounder a year ago and didn't do anything at all until two weeks ago. They they traded their slot Atlanta traded their slot receiver Muhammad Sanu and immediately Gage took over the slot role. He had seven slot targets in week eight. That was the most of anybody in the league except Julian Edelman. And now he comes back and gets to play the Saints this week, who are the worst slot defending team in the league. They've allowed they've, uh, the fourth most slots targets faced, the fourth most completions, the fourth most yards, the third most PPR points, and the ones ahead of them keep changing depending on which that stat is. They're the only team that is right up there in all those. So Gage should be able to feast in this game, no matter who. Patrick Robinson, whoever they run out there in the slot, has not been able to do the job. You've got to think, too, Atlanta's going to have a pass-happy game script in this game, right? Absolutely. Going into New Orleans as underdogs. Uh, if if Gage gets you CMC and Michael Thomas, you, that sounds pretty good to me, right? I love it. Yeah, I think uh, that's an interesting one. I wanted to to, to point out to the people to, to keep your eye on Gage. I think a guy who's going to be a little bit more popular that's cheap is uh, is Josh Reynolds. You've got him here. He's 3,800. Um, you know, imagine pairing those two together with Michael Thomas. You know, then, you, I mean, the rest of your lineup's looking like like the nut lineup. We've seen Reynolds last year get targets, um, you know, when, when there was an injury. He got eight targets last game against Cincinnati, 73 yards and a touchdown. He produces. Pittsburgh always will do some wonky defensive stuff anyway. Let some guys who really have no business getting open get open. Um, you know, and if I like the Rams in this game. Yeah, you know, I think Reynolds is a perfectly fine play at 3,800. Yeah, he's he's essentially a wide receiver handcuff. With any one of those three guys goes yeah. down, he slides in. He he played over 40 snaps eight times last year, and in those games he was the wide receiver 28. Not a superstar, not anything that's going to make your week, but for the price that's definitely worth it. Now, my one hesitation is that I wonder if it'll be a little more Gerald Everett, a little less Josh Reynolds, so I'll probably have a decent helping of either one of those guys, but there's definitely a reason to use him. Yeah, I think uh, those are some very interesting cheap wide receivers that I, I don't think are on too many people's radar this week, and I think you got a couple good calls there. Uh, a couple other guys I want to mention at the position. Uh, we got Golden Tate, right? If you're searching around in the mid-tier, 5,900, no Sterling Shepard, no Evan Ingram. Uh, who do you think is going to get the ball for the Giants? It's going to be Golden Tate, maybe some Slayton out deep again if you're looking for a, a tournament play. Uh, the Jets stink against the pass. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is hitting Mike Gusecki, you know, out of nowhere for some <laughs> touchdowns. And Devontae Parker season happened last week, and Preston Williams was looking good. If those dudes are able to look good against the Jets, call me crazy. I think Golden Tate, who showed he still has it last week, and, you know, he's been showing it for the past couple of weeks, uh, should be able to ball out pretty hard against the Jets here. He's 5,900. Uh, look for him. We've got him projected at 1% ownership. Uh that probably won't hold, but uh, I'm liking him quite a bit in the mids here if you're looking for somebody. Uh, another guy is going to be Christian Kirk. Uh, lots of snaps last week, just no production. Uh, Kenyon Drake was running all over the 49ers somehow. Uh, but the run game should have some trouble against Tampa Bay, I think. So I'm looking for Kirk. 
have a good game. Uh, Tampa Bay, we know you can pass against them. 29th cover uh, graded team over at Pro Football Focus. So Kirk's interesting. I think he's, uh, what is he, 5,200 on DraftKings. Looks like he's going to be uh, the reasonably popular mid-tier play. Uh, do you have any thoughts on those two, Daniel? Uh, Kirk's very interesting. If if they're going to have the receiving stats, it's going to go through him. Larry Fitzgerald has really faded. So, yeah, I, th- I think Kirk's the best play of the ones you mentioned there. Yeah, a couple other ones real quick. Uh, we can if you j- Hey, let's run it back last week. I played Jarvis Landry in cash last week. Price didn't move too much. You don't beat Buffalo passing outside. You beat him sort of in the middle of the field. I think he's pretty interesting at 4,900. Curtis Samuel, right? We can go back. He was like 4,300 last week. He's just like 4,600 this week on DraftKings. Just repeat what we did last week in our lineups, and I think you can recycle a, a couple of good performances in my opinion. Uh, we got Devontae Parker. Um, Fitzmagic's playing well. It looks like he's going to be the new number one target out there. He's interesting. And then uh, throw up Corey Davis. Uh, 41% of the team's air yards last week. I don't know. I mean, Corey Davis looks primed to have a pretty big game, in my opinion. You know, one or two more times this season. And I think this week could be it uh, at home in a game where I think they're going to have to pass a lot, too. He's 4,400. Seems a little too cheap for Corey Davis, Daniel. Yeah, if if they're going to have the points that we keep saying they're going to have, Corey Davis has got to be a part of it. You know, John New Smith may get some, Adam Humphreys may get some, but mm-hmm. Corey Davis has to lead the way if that's going to happen. So I, I'm with you. All right, you got uh, two guys you want to avoid this week at the wide receiver position. Uh, tell the people who they are. Uh, first one's Kenny Galladay. Um, the we, we we've kind of shot uh, shot away from the Bears lately. They they struggled the first three weeks. They allowed the the twelfth most fantasy points per game to receivers the first three weeks. They have not allowed a touchdown to receivers since week three. You, you talk about the Patriots. They start the Forty Nineers defense since week three. The Bears have allowed the fewest fantasy points to receivers, and that includes you know they face Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Alshon Jeffrey. It's not like it's been a, a, a easy slate. It's been tough, and they've shut them down. I still. I, I think that one of Galladay or Marvin Jones is going to be fine in this game because it's a really good passing offense. But if I'm going to get in on that, I want the guy who's cheaper. So I prefer Marvin Jones to Kenny Galladay. And then uh, we got Marquise Brown as a dud too. Um, we'll talk about tight ends in a second too. I'm not I'm not big on Mark Andrews this week either. How, how do I like Lamar Jackson? But you don't like Marquise Brown. I don't like Mark Andrews. What's going on here? Well, the, the Bengals, for all their deficiencies, and they have a lot of them, they've allowed the fewest points per game to outside receivers. Now, a lot of that is because teams go ahead by so much they just run the ball down their throat. But whatever, it, it, the reality is the reality. Marquise Brown is the outside receiver here in Baltimore. I just I don't see him feasting much in this game. I can see Willie Sneed having a good game running out of the slot, but I, I, I don't want Marquise Brown in this matchup. The Willie Sneed game. It wouldn't suck. I don't me. think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna try for that. But if it happens, uh, Daniel told you all about it beforehand. Uh, all right, let's finish up with some tight ends here, and I want to talk about Mark Andrews uh, because we're both a little down on him. Uh, I've got a couple of reasons. So do you. My first one is I, I don't understand why he's projected currently as the highest owned. I know it's just the the algorithm behind the scenes and the human touch hasn't put in there. Um, but I'm, I'm not really liking Mark Andrews too much this week. Uh, I think Austin Hooper for a couple bucks more is the clear, clear uh, chalk play of the week. Uh, Andrews, he just played 30% of the snaps last week. Uh, and I know they wanted to run against the Patriots, and they established the run against the Patriots like no other. But you, you run the risk of, of things like that with Mark Andrews. You know, when he's out there, he's usually running routes and he's getting targeted. But there's possibilities of him pay, playing of the snaps in a game. And and if that happens, you're just not going to be able to get the sort of production that you get against that. 
they didn't have Mark and or uh, they didn't have Marquise Brown in their first meeting, and Andrews had himself a good game. But with Brown back, you just mentioned you like Snead. Um, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm a little worried on Andrews. Four of his last six games under ten DraftKings points. You're you're paying a reasonable price for him. Uh, I don't know. I'm not on Mark Andrews this week. Yeah, he had he had those two monster first two weeks, and that put him right near the top of everybody's tight end rankings. He had eight receptions both games, over 100 yards, a touchdown. Since then, he's had one touchdown in six games. He's top 50 yards once in six games, and like you say, he's not playing the snaps. The other tight ends barely ever come off the field. They're playing 80, 90 percent snap shares. He's mm-hmm. playing half those. Now he can be great in those snaps, but he has to be. There's no there's no room for error if you're using Mark Andrews, and sometimes that'll work out, but a lot of times it won't. And we both agree, uh, he, you know, just not on our radars this week. Give me Hooper for, what's Hooper, 300 more on DraftKings. Hooper's 5,500. Mark Andrews is 5,200. I think Hooper is the, the clear play if you're not all the way. I mean, Kelsey's just 64. You can get up to him if you want to this week, too, along with a couple other cheaper plays. Uh, cheaper plays, right? Segway. <laughs> who do you want? Who you want? Let's talk some Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett, he's uh, $700 cheaper than Andrews. I would take him over him. Just the same things we said about Reynolds also work for Everett. Both of them had good stretches when Cooper Cup was out last year, and we see Everett have a good stretch this year. I, I, against a, uh, a Pittsburgh defense that has struggled against tight ends, I think Everett's a great play. Yeah, uh, I do like Everett. I like the, the passing game uh, quite a bit for the, the Rams. I know they're on the road, um, but Everett fits in uh, to some lineups pretty good, pretty good this week. Uh, a couple other guys. Let's see. What do I got for you? I got the ten. Whoever the Tennessee starter is, give me. If Delaney Walker's in, give me Delaney Walker. If it's Jonu Smith, give me Jonu Smith. I think uh, you know. I mentioned. I think the Titans are going to need some points in this game. And hey, those fourth quarter down twenty-one points. Those fantasy points count as good as if they were in the first quarter to me. So if there's some garbage time coming in there late, I think Tannehill's pretty capable uh, of getting some fantasy production late in the game as well. Uh, give me some. Uh, some of the Titans tight ends. Uh, I, I want to talk to you. What's your thoughts on Doyle? Because he's looking like he could be pretty popular. Uh, just four targets last week. He got the touchdown right, but 22 yards, three receptions. That's a Jack Doyle line if I ever saw one. Three <laughs> for four for 22 and a touchdown, right? It, it gets you there. It's against Miami. Um, didn't really play a lot of snaps. Uh, it, was, it was like, uh, or he was playing a lot of snaps, but I'd uh, just 20 out of 36 dropbacks. Uh, did he run a route? Um, give me give me Gusecki for cheaper. How about that? Give me the up-and-coming Gusecki. He's got the gunslinger Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. Uh, Fitz is using him now, tossing it in the middle of the field. Uh, give me some Gusecki over the what, what I think is going to be a pretty popular Doyle. Yeah, Doyle, I mean, it's just the work the workload between him and Mo Cox and Eric Ebron. It's hard to trust any one of those guys because it moves around so much. And, you know, you say, you say you'd rather have uh, Gasicki. I'd rather have cheaper than him, Johnny Smith. I'd rather have O.J. Howard, even though it hurts to say it. I'd rather have, I'd rather have Tyler Eifert cheaper than Doyle right now just because we know he's going to be out there. Uh, you wanted to talk Vance McDonald as well, too. Uh, the Rams, uh, you say they've been garbage against tight ends. How garbage have they been? The, First three weeks, they were absolutely shutting them down. But the first three weeks, they were shutting down everyone. Since week three, they've allowed double-digit points to tight ends every single week. I think they're the fourth-worst team in the league in that time. They're close to the, the cheat code. And McDonald, yes, he hasn't topped 40 yards yet this season. That's worrisome. But he's got that touchdown upside. He's a cheap price. I like his I like his upside in this game. Yeah, I can get behind that. And that's uh, the flow chart. O.J. Howard, are, are we doing this? You might be doing it. 
I'm not doing it. I don't think I'm doing it. (laughs) I just, I I like everything about it. I think he should be good enough, but if, if they haven't used him yet, it's, it's the same thing. Like I said earlier with using tight ends against Arizona, I'm going to stay away from OJ Howard until I see it again. Once I see it and I'll miss a week, I'll be out and he'll have a great week. And that's great. Fine. Bully for him. I'm not using him until it's happened. He's going to show up if, He's going to show up in a lot of people's lineups, especially if they're using, you know, like lineup HQ or optimizers to do it, right? Because, you know, a $3,300 tight end, and he'll have a reasonable projection, I think, for most people's projection systems. It's just going to fit with one of Evans or Godwin to get you some of the better plays at a better point per dollar thing. So we have Howard currently at 2%. Um, I don't know. I think he probably jumps up a little higher, the, you know, 5 to 6%, because that's a game a lot of people are targeting. He's going to fit in a lot of optimizers, and, and people love O.J. Howard, right? We all wasted all of our best ball teams on him, and we got to try to recoup it this week in DFS. And uh, I don't know, maybe it works, but I think there's some some better known quantities out there. So I don't, I don't think I'd roll out O.J. Howard in cash or anything like that. Nope. Uh, I think that's going to about wrap up the tight end position, which brings the PFF Week 10 show to a close. Don't forget, guys. Go over there. You can read Daniel's article, Scott's article, a bajillion other things. If there's a statistic you want to find, you can find it over on Pro Football Focus. They got all kinds of charts. Um, PFF, Gridiron IQ at Roto-Grinders, basically all I use anymore for my for my uh, NFL research. So uh, give it out. Uh, give, it a, give it a good look, and uh, the good people over at PFF will take good care of you. Don't forget as well our Yahoo free roll, right? A big one on Friday, NBA, a big one on Sunday for NFL. It's MME. You can enter it up to a bajillion times or whatever allotment (laughs) we're going to allow you to. Uh, And the big kicker is we're giving lineup HQ away for free Friday through Sunday. So you will be able to participate in the free rolls, whether you're new, a premium member, uh, anything at all on Roto-Grinders. So make sure to check that out. And if you are looking for some information, um, and you are a premium member, there's all sorts of Roto Academy videos that can show you how to use lineup HQ to make good teams that could place in NBA tournaments or NFL tournaments as well. Uh, Daniel, we're going to get out of here. It's been fun, dude. No cat, no cat today, man. What's going on? I was excited. I, I, I wanted I some terrible. fireworks. I, I tossed him downstairs in the laundry room to make that not happen again. And now I feel bad about I'm, it. I'm calling Peta on you, man. That's animal abuse. <laughs> Put him in, in the laundry room. Uh, we'll see you next week for Daniel. I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody. And we